recording live from the Iditarod Dog Race in Alaska, somewhere. It's the Seahawks Best Podcast. Wow, you did. You went full stupid. Yeah, I told you it was going to be Straight from Ketchikan, Alaska. Is that where that's from? From Soldotna, Alaska. No, I'm just going to throw a weird Sponsored by Michael Vick. Ooh. Is it? Is the Dead or Hot Dog Race sponsored by Michael Vick? I, I mean, that sounds like something he would need to do to make up for what he did. Haven't you heard? He loves dogs now. He, he, Is there like I would a argue that he... coming after this or something? Because that's <laughs> gross. I would argue that he always felt like he loved dogs. I feel like we need to scrap this intro now. <laughs> no, it's, it's all staying now. Welcome to off-season podcasting, folks. Uh, yeah, this is where, where we know that the 100 people or so who are listening really, really... We're over 106 down this last yeah, one. I'm not including people who like take seven listens to get through it for some reason. You know, I do include those people because we are accepting of all kinds here. Are you saying the that they're like, the movie, they're like the guy from the movie Split? That's uh, seven personalities of them uh, doing... Well, whatever we I could only know. be so lucky um our legal team advised me not to respond on the mental status of our uh, listeners all right so uh, let's get right into it let's talk seahawks uh the seahawks have many many needs in this offseason uh mostly most people are inquiring about a few p- specific positions uh so we're going to dig into uh a few of those positions and talk about what the options the seahawks have are so let's let's start off with uh Let's start off with the biggest rumor, I think, which is that Adrian Peterson's willing to take a pay cut to go to Seattle or New England. Ooh, that's you, that's a thing? Do you think that we'll sign him, or do you think that this is just posturing and it's not going to matter at all? Actually, Reddit user Son of Orlando responded to one of ours saying he does not think that Thomas Rawls is the answer at running back. So maybe we can address the running back position as a whole. A lot of people don't like Thomas Rawls as our running back. Yeah, the rumor is Adrian Peterson wants to play for three teams, New England, Seattle, and Oakland, and I'm sure, and I'm sure he wouldn't take a big discount to go to Oakland because that's like a, you know, their quarterback's coming back off a inj- serious injury and all that jazz. Yeah, but if he comes here, he's he's got a stellar offensive line in front of him. I mean, as of right now, that that offensive line is is not good for any running back. I'm a pretty hard pass on AP for his age, uh, for his age, for his skill set. Uh, you know, he's not traditionally a receiving back he is more of like just a straight up runner he has good efficiency numbers as a pass catcher but that's just never been like the biggest part of his game and i don't know if we're gonna go by committee which i think is where we're going i would rather do it with younger players and have someone step up to fill that role rather than possibly have you know an injured or disgruntled ex-superstar wrapping up their career in our backfield I mean, I, I feel like Adrian Peterson has multiple 40 reception seasons. And the thing that I think would be hard about it is not that he can't catch passes, but that he'd have trouble accepting the role of like, hey, you play on third downs only. You know, like the, I think that it, it's less that he can't catch. Like, he, I think he, he's probably a pretty decent pass. He doesn't want to be a by committee guy. But he probably doesn't want to do that. He would be unhappy. Well, and if he's going to be someone like, say, our third down back, that would be a significant pay cut. Because right now, I'm sure he's thinking, like, I'll take $5 million a year. You don't pay that to a third down back. No, and I'm, I mean, he might still be thinking he's getting, like, eight, but he's yeah. not. It's just not happening. Maybe, um, maybe the market Oakland. will speak to that, man. So, and there's there's all these articles out there about the fact that he just doesn't realize that there's really no market out there for him, that this is a deep running back draft, and there's just... There's not a lot of pe- there's also decent running backs in free agency too. Like why don't if you want a running back like you can go get Eddie Lacy or you can go get Jaquiz Rogers. You know there's just like all these guys. If you want offensive tackle, you can still go get Eddie Lacy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Kevin. Very Ayo. good. I'll Very take, good. I'll, ta- I'll take that low. I would have fruit. also accepted a sitting back. Eddie oh. Lacy joke. Well, you can get Darren McFadden too. I mean, there's just guys out there. You know, there's He's guys- a fourth down running running back. That's all I'm here. <laughs> I mean, you can go get Jamal Charles. You can get Stephon Taylor. These, can, these choices aren't get shoelace inspiring. Robinson. Shoelace Robinson, get out of here. All right. So so anyway, there's guys out there, though. That's the, a bass player from I'm the saying, 1960s. Stop. What I'm saying is that there are players available that you could go find. And, uh, yeah, I mean, of players for pro football focus rated if at the halfback position last year that are free agents, do you know which one has the lowest rating? Is it Adrian Peterson? It's Adrian Peterson, yeah. So, so they, it's not like that. What little he did play last year was not very inspiring, to say well, the least. Not, uh, not really to steer this away from the Seahawks, but I would say that he wants big money. Someone will pay him that, 
I mean, if it's the Browns, if it's he said he'd take less money. There's a team that rhymes with bets that would do something stupid. Absolutely, like that. absolutely. <clears throat> and I think if he's if he wants to take a pay cut around the seven million range, I could see Oakland paying that. So I guess I have a follow up question for that. Okay. So I'm gonna use the so I have a secret agenda that I'm outing myself on, so it's no longer secret. We're I want to try and get an idea of what type of assets you want to spend on a given position. Sort of like, what's your priority? So we're in running back. You know, I think we all agreed we don't want to spend five, six, seven million on a free agent running back. So how much, how much money or what kind of draft asset would you be willing to pump into the running back position right now? Nothing. To be honest with you, I like process. I think processing roles are fine. Uh, like I, I could get, I feel like we could get away with them at running back over a full season if they stay healthy. So, I mean, and you can't plan for health and none of the injuries they've had are like, well, I mean, at this point you got to worry, you got to worry about, uh, the Thomas Rawls, Rawls. but you don't have to, you don't have to worry about pro size. I think pro size will come back and look a lot healthier and better. He just never really got health fully healthy and then kept trying to bring him back early and it just never worked out. Uh, I like process a lot. Kevin, I will say that my priority is low. Nathan had zero interest. I will say low, meaning I want maybe a fourth round pick at the highest and a third if someone like slipped who's, who's just a can't miss or I'd want a reclamation project like an Eddie Lacey, even though I don't want to see Eddie Lacey here, but you know, someone who, who uh, we could bring in and who could maybe surprise people. All right. And I think that CJ Procise did get hurt a good bit in college. Then he got hurt his first year in the pros. Rawls gets hurt. Um, we've talked about his running style and how it leads to that. I think Collins stepped up, and he could be a really solid rotation back, but I would like to invest like some some medium assets into that. I could see spending, you know, maybe, you know, one to two million uh, or maybe like a fourth or a fifth round pick if the right guy's sitting there like a Kareem Hunt or something. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that <clears throat> unless there's a steal happening, like, you know, Christian McCaffrey's available at the end of the second round, you know, something oh, sure. weird. Like something weird happens, I don't. I don't want us to to really go there. I just think it's. I think it's completely unnecessary. Uh, you can you can get away with like really medium warm running backs in the NFL if you have really good if you have good offensive linemen and a good quarterback. And we have we have one we of have those one things. of those things. So we we just need the other one. And I don't. No matter how good your running back is, it won't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, we can sign you know someone like Jamal Charles or like you know Rashad Jennings, Denard Robinson. Tim Hightower. I mean, all these guys are going to be available for basically nothing at the end of the yeah the process. And that's know, one of those one million dollar guys. Yeah, and that's what bring I mean. in bring in two of those guys and let them compete for the third running back job. Yeah, and hope that you don't need them. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's good. Call. That's my my plan for the position. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't invest much more than that. I agree. Um, I mean, if you really want to take a shot, you know, you can bring in Jamal Charles. You know, or that that's someone I'd be interested in seeing kicking the tires on. Uh, less less Adrian Peterson, but you know if they see something in him at a workout or something, I mean I trust John Schneider to make a good choice here. I think most people would rather see us move on offensive linemen. So so then let's talk about that. <laughs> all right, so there's there's like one decent young offensive lineman available. Uh, I mean offensive tackle available. So you know the that's the intersection of not old. So Andrew Whitworth is 35. He's good. He's very good. Let's be honest. He's very good offensive tackle. But he's 35 years old. So unless we think our window is slamming shut, we probably don't want to give him big money. And it's, he, I would bet he signed somewhere for like 216, 218, 220, you know, something like that. He's going to be making like over sh- 8 million a year. A, a short contract with big money, which is probably, we can't afford it. We only have $22 million in cap room. It's going to be hard to afford. If we're going to spend big money, it needs to be a longer term contract, which leaves us either going Ricky Wagner or like, going bargain bin and trying to like reclaim Russell Okung or something like, like Luke well, Jokel. We've we've talked about Luke Jokel, we've talked about Russell Okung, mm-hmm. Ryan Clady. Like bring in one of these rec- guys who is like probably done, but you know what you can hope. What happened with Riley Rife? Did he end up resigning? Riley Rife, I just don't like him that much. <laughs> what about uh is that is that too honest? Uh, I think That's, he's a, I think he's, he's a very functional fair. player. He's very at league average. I 
at this point, like I want us to, I'd rather we splash on a guy who's actually good. And the rumors are going around that we're going to get Kevin Zeitler or TJ Lang. People are thinking like we're going to get one of these really good guards that are available to come in, come in. And I would really like that personally, you know, and let, let, let Effetti earn his bread on the outside and try to become a starting offensive tackle. That is my big question to you that I was going to throw, Kevin. There's a lot of talk out there. Nathan mentioned it. I read a couple articles that the Seahawks are are ready to move Ifedi out to tackle. They think his skill set transfers better there. We don't know because we're not in the Seahawks office. Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think that's a reality? I think he has the athleticism to do it. But if you look at the guys that you hear we're meeting with in the draft and you hear about the guys that we're that are available in free agency that we're pursuing, they're all guards. You just keep hearing these rumors that we're going after guards. So they really must believe in a Fetty to play tackle. And I'm not sure that that's a great idea. I might, I agree with Kevin. Like, I don't know how good that's actually going to work in practice, but it's something obviously the team thinks is possible. And it's almost a rhetorical question because exactly what Nathan said, this Again, we don't know what the Seahawks are going to do, but this is exactly exact same wavelength everywhere. Seahawks are looking at guard. I threw the Nick Mangold question just to you for fun on the right over here. And I know he's a center. People are asking if he'll move to guard. Maybe the Seahawks are one of those teams that are like, hey, Nick Mangold, you have a crazy last name. Want to move to guard? We want to move Afedi out to the left. I, Kevin's going to go next. He's going to erupt. Here we go. That makes no sense. I mean, that's the only response I have to it. That just, that's a nonsensical move. Um, as far as running a Fetty out at tackle, it feels inevitable that's something that the team is going to do, but I'm sorry, his footwork, the way he moves to block, I mean, yeah, in the run game, a Fetty's going to be an effective right tackle, but so do we plan on drafting a left tackle? Are we going to trade up then? If we sign a guard, there's no way we're moving a Fetty to left tackle. Maybe we're that's s- just not happening. Maybe we're signing a guard, signing Okun, and moving a Fetty to right. That's I'm um, I'm sorry, drafting a guard, signing Okun as left tackle. I would not be surprised if Okun came back for like four million dollars, something very cheap. I mean, maybe and it would he, be an upgrade. Maybe he left on bad terms and he wouldn't want to come back. But it, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a big market for him. It didn't sound like he left I'd on bad terms Riley when Rife he left. Though. I think they're almost the same. I'm player. blanking. Except, Riley Rife, what team was he on? Uh, he He's was on Detroit's left tackle until they drafted the kid out of Ohio State, Taylor Decker. Decker hit left tackle. Rife moved out to right tackle. He was less effective as a right tackle because he's primarily a pass blocker. And so he didn't look as good last year. He's like a really middle of the road left tackle. And he looked a little worse as a right tackle. Still better than I think they're both pretty average. And I don't know if Rife might, seems like a bad scheme fit, to be honest. Like the wit, the zone blocking thing and getting to the second level and all that. I just don't know how good he's going to be at that do we ask our left tackle to do that a lot though that's my only question blocking for blocking for stafford and then going to block for a running quarterback is also very different i don't know i just think it's i just think it i don't know nathan i'm not for me i would much rather have okun i'm not going to say stafford is a running quarterback but that guy's a lot more mobile than i'd say i would rather have probably ricky wagner than both i agree but he's just going to cost more Oh yeah, I mean that's the thing. Where it's basically there's one good offensive tackle the good- that we actually might be interested in that I wouldn't groan if we signed him. <laughs> and that's the thing. Everyone else is at guard. All the other players are at guard. You got all these free agents at guard. Because that's the other thing that you hear a lot is uh, you hear John Schneider came out and said, you know, uh, cutting Jari Evans, we regret it because we could use that veteran presence. We got too young on the line, and. You know, say what you might about Evans. Evans was a, was an all right player. Um, but at the end of the day, Jari I, Evans turned in a pretty decent season last year for the Saints. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad. He was fine. He was fine. He was probably as good as either of our guards. And we could have used someone like that who also could, you know, help some of those young guys around him be in position. You know, maybe Afedi could have played a little bit of tackle and helped out on the right side if he had a guard next to him to really kind of help coach him on the field a bit. You know, maybe that is the secret sauce. I still don't want to walk out of the draft without at least... I, I think we need 
minimum four linemen. What did we get last year? Three? Um, well, we got Odiombo and Efedi and Joey Hunt, the center out of uh, TCU. So, yeah, three. Okay. And what happened to Odiombo and Hunt? Are they on the practice squad? Um, Hunt was our backup out? center for most of the whole year. Uh, Odiombo is the guy who stepped on Russell Wilson's ankle, and uh, he had the safety in the Falcons game. You are um, correct. Odiombo was ability. coming off of uh, what an ACL injury in college. And, you it's, know, sometimes that takes a little while to recover from. He's not a bad player, but they also had him playing guard, and he was a career tackle. And conversions on our line seem to take a while. It's funny. You said the minute I was like, oh, those two players, they sound familiar, but what happened to them? And then you're like, Hunt was our backup. Oh, yeah, that's right. Odiombo's the guy who stepped. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I, I don't think they're forgettable. I think I want to forget them. Odiombo looks like he could be a fine player, but he doesn't seem to have enough uh, bulk to play guard. He gets pushed around. He got blowed up. And his footwork didn't look good at tackle. But no one's footwork looked good at tackle the entire year last year. So say what you will about the that. The thing about Russell Okung, and we can move on from the line, but Russell Okung, I mean, he knows our system. I don't think he left in a bad place. Not to mention the guy signed a, a semi-big deal and then was cut after the first year. That's a terrible sign. So let's go ahead and... Stick with it. Offensive line. What kind of investments do you want to see? What priority is this? I assume this is all of our priority one, right? All the money. Uh, it's pretty, yeah. I mean, I would want to spend a high draft pick and money on it, but, uh, the, the offensive linemen are not, are not appealing in free agency except for the guards. The guards are good. So if we sign one of the guards and then drafted, a mid-round tackle. I'd probably, I could probably live with that. Like a third rounder on an offensive lineman, and right. maybe like a late pick on maybe a possible swing tackle, and then sign a couple of dudes, one of which is a starter. Sign a guard. Yeah, I don't, I don't enjoy any of these tackles unless unless we get unless, Wagner, unless we somehow steal Ricky Wagner. Which I just don't think it's possible. There's so many teams with like forty million dollars or more in cap cap room. And like team, like but they're the gonna te- be going after like Khalil and stuff. The Texans and the Bears and all these teams, and I mean, going going after who? Khalil. Khalil, the, the Vikings, thirty six point nine Pro Football Focus rating. Matt Khalil, like they're not gonna spend that much money. This guy, Ricky Wagner's kind of emerged as like the the guy. He's like the, like he's gonna get the big the biggest tackle contract. He's like. He's expected to blow the lid off the right tackle market, Kevin. Do you see this headline? I see the, I see the, the headline. But, I mean, he's just – there's. He, I think he's going to get the most money except for – unless someone breaks the bank to try to get Whitworth, who is the most talented guy. Yeah, and then the other thing is we talked about, I'd feel good about a reclamation project and a guy like Jokel, who's been a little bit hurt. He has athleticism. So he can play in the scheme. He wouldn't be a bad guy, but, you know – I'd rather him be signed to compete than be signed and given a starting job. I wouldn't feel Matt, good about that. Do you know who Matt Khalil had a worse pro football focus rating than last year? Uh, Gary Gilliam. Me? No way. Impossible. <laughs> Gary Gilliam had the worst Gary Gilliam of all Gary Gilliams. Uh, Kevin, going back to your point, I feel I like... The, to, I just wanted to get that out there. How Sorry. dare you? <laughs> don't feel good about that. I feel like the Seahawks want that too, though, Kevin. I think that they don't. I think they want to bring someone in low uh, level. I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the offseason... We've we've signed Ryan Clady, and then like one game before the one, at the last game of the preseason, we cut him. That's that's my expectation for us moving on offensive tackles. Doesn't that seem like something the Seahawks would do, Kevin? My depression doesn't want to answer that question. Okay, but I mean that's what we did with Antoine Winfield. We've done it. We've done it before with offensive linemen. It just seems like that's where we're headed. Yeah, the Robert Gallery route. Yeah, it's just we sign him, and then about one week before preseason ends, we cut him, and. uh all right, so let's go. So, on to- according to Nate, we are rolling with George Fant as our starting left tackle next year. Dude, I don't understand it, but that seems like what's happening. I just can't help it. Uh, let's talk about cornerbacks because that's the other big position. We did not franchise. We did not our restricted free agent tender Deshaun Shed, which means the injury is probably somewhere between very and extremely bad. Would you guys agree with that? Uh, we did the same thing with Lane last year, right? And then just resigned him. So, and Lane's injury was really bad. Yeah, he ended up barely making it back and not being as effective once he was back. Yep. So, I, so I mean, do you think Jeremy Lane's going to be better this coming year, or do you think he's he could permanently? Be. I think that? he will be physically better. I think we know what we're getting with him, though. Here's my he question. is a player of 
some limits. Here's my question about this cornerback market, okay? It's like, A.J. Bouye is obviously the, the, the good cornerback, right? We're not getting him. Just get over it. Okay. So then we can, we can like, do we like make a run at like 39 year old Terrence Newman? No, we spend like, a first or second round pick, period. You just think we, there's the draft? Honestly, is too good? I think for the draft, I think we're going to be a little disappointed in the line. I would not be surprised if they went too high, meaning fourth and above. Two high picks on cornerbacks in the draft. I wouldn't be surprised you there. There's lots I would of, have no problem with that. There's lots of, the, the thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if we spent like a second round draft pick on a cornerback and then signed one of these like mid range like cornerbacks like Drake Kirkpatrick or Captain Munderland or Alter and Werner. Drake Kirkpatrick is a really good fit because of his length. I think he plays well in the scheme. Right. If we got like Drake Kirkpatrick and then drafted a guy who could play like some elite nickel. And then yeah. played Drake or Patrick on the outside with safety help. Like Buda that Baker. could be really, really right. good. Like how, Leotis McKelvin could probably be fine in our system. When you have Earl Thomas to cover you from getting burned, you can like try to cheat on every play, which is what he does. Yeah. So, like, I mean, there, there's all kinds of guys that are in the middle of free agency that have good tape that you can watch and say, like, hey, this guy actually can play good football and have flaws that make them maybe unappealing for some teams. That so we how could, much are you paying? Like three mil? I'm saying like five million on a free agent. So like around five mil and like an early and a mid round pick. Yeah, and I would say like any one of these guys: Akamura, Hall, Werner, Munnerlin, Carr, Kirkpatrick. Uh, shoot, Darrell Revis, man. <laughs> like no, <laughs> Darrell Revis is gonna he, be out there for probably he will, he'll, too cheap. He'll, he'll yeah, be we'll in jail. Him, we'll bring him back along right. with our backup quarterback. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't All think right, he's gonna so, be available. Yeah, I mean, just bring one of those guys in. Like that's that's where I think we should. Yeah, I could really get on board with Drake or Patrick though too. I think that in the scheme, uh, he could look like very very good. Yeah, he's my favorite as well. But I mean, I, I'll take like I said, I'll take any of them. Yeah, because they. I think when you have a guy like. Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas safety. makes a lot of words look pretty. You you can you can have you can cover up all your flaws and just play to your strengths. Yeah. And all of those guys have strengths. None of none of those middle range cornerbacks got into the NFL by accident. Basically, if you are if you have some length, if you will play the run, and uh, if you aren't crap in zone, you know, at us. That's the, that's the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now another, swiping right. Another position people seem to think we really need a player at is wide receiver. So uh, let's talk a few wide receivers. Um, there's a lot of them. We uh, have. There's a lot available at wide receiver, and none of them are particularly good. Can you just start by crossing off all the ones that are un? They're six foot tall and under. Let's just start there. Okay, and because let's, we and have also lock it. Probably cross off Terrell Pryor and cross off Alshon Jeffrey because we're not getting those guys. No, and we shouldn't spend that. So, my favorite guy. You ready? You're yep. going to love this, Kevin. This is the guy I'm ready for. You okay. ready? I'm ready. Kevin, I want the Seahawks. If we sign a wide receiver, we should sign Brandon Marshall. All right. Here's my problem right now. One. No, don't, don't say anything bad about Brandon Marshall. No, no, you need to listen to this. I'm the biggest Brandon Marshall fan in this room, maybe next to you. And you said, hey, Kevin, what do you think about this? How dare you? I'm sitting right here. <laughs> So go on, you're Kevin. Too, you're too busy looking anyway, at. Uh, no, I'm. I'm here. I'm here. I'm. I'm. I just want to know. Like, that was a I, mic uh, check. I like. Uh, I like Brandon Marshall. I think he's great. I think he had a terrible season last year and might be available. Is for that maybe because he played for the Jets? He did play for the Jets. You know, if all the interceptions thrown towards him were receptions, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, pro football. Somewhere interceptions is not Kevin. kind to him. You know, scoring him below Kenny Stills and Robert Woods. So maybe maybe NFL franchises will look like that. Look at look at that and give him a pass and give him to us. That is the resource I want to spend on wide receiver is bring in a tall, good veteran like Brandon Marshall. I want catch radius Jesus himself. I want someone tall with a catch radius who can supplant Jermaine Curse because Jermaine Curse caught forty-one passes on. 90 targets. That's Troy Smith numbers. That is bad. That is daggers in our offense. And for that reason, in my opinion, that is the only thing we're missing. Though, I do think that part of that is a refusal to get creative where they should get creative. Well, it's also just the refusal to not go away from Jermaine Curse. I mean, we, we signed him for a little bit too much money. We threw the ball too much his way. It's Jermaine Curse. If they were being, I, I think you could get 
a lot of what they get from Curse by just being willing to split Jimmy out wide and run another, uh, run a different tight end as a tight end. Maybe Vanette when he yeah. well see matures. or even Wilson. Let me let me ask you about this Brandon Marshall though. About the Brandon Marshall point. I love Brandon Marshall. The guy is really into the Brandon Marshall image, and I don't mean like wearing fur coats. I mean being on inside the NFL. He really mm-hmm. wants to be on television. It's a perfect fit for us though, because Pete's got that "let my players be my players" thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you think he's okay with that? Like the man flying to the East Coast on what Wednesday nights, Tuesday nights? Yep. As long as he suits up and plays, I think it'll be no problem. Now, here's what's actually going to happen is the Seahawks are going to sign, like, Vincent Jackson and Marcus Wheaton and cut both of them before the season starts. (laughs) Do you see a pattern emerging, Kevin? We don't do that a lot with wide receiver. It'll be more like uh, we... Tell that to Terrell Owens. It'll be more like we draft a guy in the fifth to seventh round, and then we pick up, like, nine UDFAs, and then none of them make the team. So uh, there's a chance we could spend a high draft pick on wide receiver. Wide receiver is actually pretty decent in this draft. It is, um, and I definitely have some names in mind that when we get to our draft stuff, I will throw. Give through. me, give me, uh, give me two, Kevin. Two guys that you think like. Okay, oh, here, these here's are, a guy are, who could be in the second some my, round. Some of my faves. Uh, I want to give you out of Penn State. There's a wide receiver named Goodwin, who uh, his catch radius is roughly Earth, yeah. and I. Uh, he he uses his size very well to go up and target the ball. As I say, he's only six one, but he's pretty stocky for six one. He's like he's like six one running back. Yeah, he's, he's he's like he's got the same body type as uh, Ty Montgomery. Yeah, which which uh, is not does not surprise me. Ty Montgomery ended up being able to play running back. He was big enough for that. Um, another player I think could be interesting in that way uh, would be like uh, Juju Smith Schuster is not going to fall that far. But we could take you, him at the it's a ridiculous round, name. right? The tail end of the second round. I think he's going to go higher than that. Josh Reynolds might fall that far. He's a little bit more of a deep threat. Um, what if we just trade up and get Mike Williams, Kevin? I just made guys. If for those not watching, Kevin just did like the guy, the guy, the oh yeah face. He was so happy. No, I don't look forward to trading my entire first round pick for a wide, or my entire draft for a wide receiver. In the but first he's round. but he's good though, right? He's, he'd be really good. I mean, do you like AJ Green? Yeah, I mean, I like AJ Green. Oh man, I could use any <laughs> uh, good Mike Williams in the NFL. I, that's the thing about Brandon Marshall. He's gonna is, be the best Mike Williams, though. He he, uh, better he, than all the rest, Mike Williams. He has a chance to be a, a real like top 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 tier wide receiver available at a not top 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 wide receiver price. He's only thirty two. He seems like he's been around forever, but he's not that old. He's he's not a. He's been traded for a lot of first round picks. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> We don't have to trade anything to get him. He's he's available on a free, as they say in soccer. Yeah, I mean it'd be really interesting. I would like, yeah. If if Marshall came to us, I would never say no to that. He's a, he's a very talented player. I just haven't seen any buzz around us and Marshall, and I just think it makes so much sense. I don't I don't know. That's just my. I mean, the guy has the not been want to invest. What well, he's been on the Bears, the Broncos, the Jets. The Broncos were decent when he was on was there. He on the maybe? Dolphins too. Yes. Yep. I guess he hasn't. Really, has he? been in the playoffs yeah and if so was it outside of the first round i don't think he was on the bronco playoff team some of those bears teams that he was on made the playoffs for sure those were like the those were like the the good the good bears years uh here we go he, he went, they went he on the 06 bears they went 10 and 6 one season he was there oh, was that the year they went 10 and 6 and missed the playoffs though correct yeah uh the other year he was on the bears they went 8 and 8 okay yeah i'm not uh, seeing any playoffs uh, five and eleven. Oh, that'll uh, Miami Dolphins years. He went uh, six and ten. We Todd know Bowles, they didn't Todd make Bowles it. was the Dolphins coach in two thousand eleven. Man, I was really paying attention, guys. Just just heads up. <laughs> uh, oh wait, was he on the was he on the Josh McDaniels Tim Tebow Denver teams? See, that's what I was trying to remember. No, he he left. No, he, he was left on, just before that. He right? got out. He got out just in time. Man, these Denver teams he was on really went eight and eight. Yep. <laughs> Uh yeah, I believe you are correct, they Eric. Thirty two that, that he has gone ten and six twice, but both those ten and six teams missed the playoffs. Wow. So maybe maybe that will lure him here, but maybe that means we'll be ten and six and miss the playoffs. That's nuts to Double me. Double edged sword. That he has never played in a playoff game. That's, By the way, here's my other weird harsh. thing. I keep forgetting this for offensive tackle to go way back in the conversation. Kelvin Beecham. He's a human being. With He's two coming legs off an ACL injury. He'll be two years out. He should be more healthy. He's like in his late twenties. I'm scared. 
I don't know. It's that reclamation project on the O line that if we can we, get him for really cheap, but I think I think I Calvin Beecham is an equal signing to the like. That thing is, uh, I think Okun. I think that that. Oh is no, way below no that. He's an equal signing to like Giacomini. I just feel like that is definitely a possibility, Kevin. A likelihood that we'll sign him because it's enough of a project to drive me nuts. The second question I have is: We're talking about running backs and wide receivers. Maybe it's just my personal obsession, but I really think that we should look at picking up a guy either in the draft or somehow who can function as a second returner so we could take that pressure away from Lockett. Like, I like having Lockett as the Ferrari in the garage. I really thought you were going to go in a different direction with this one. But, man, it's it was death when he was gone last year. Like, we lost a legitimate young defensive back because we had to come and make room for Devin Hester. That's not good. That's yep. not good for your roster. Tyvis Powell is a call. brown, which is depressing. Uh, all right. How about – I thought you were going to take this in a different direction, Kevin. Let me uh, take you. Do you think we should sign a strong safety to groom to replace uh, Cam Chancellor? Dude, do I think we should draft one? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. No, are you saying a strong safety – I would not safety... be surprised if we spent a high draft pick on a safety. Well, let me ask you. This is a strong safety like Cam Chancellor or a regular strong safety? A safety that can play in the box. Hmm. There is this uh, 6'3", 220-pound like specimen who could go in the second or the third round out of uh, UConn. And uh, if we could pick him up in like if we could pick him up with one of those uh, third round, sorry you lost Russell Okunga free agency picks, that would make me very happy because he's an athletic freak. He came in as a corner. He's like he's he's like six three two twenty one, and he has all the physical tools. He actually has a very similar career path to what Cam Chancellor did, and is one of the only players with the same size and athleticism. All right, Kevin. Last thing, people. Some people say we need an edge defender. We need an edge rusher. Who should we get? I'm going opposite. We need an interior pass rusher. All right. I think we need a defensive tackle to add to that rotation. Last year, we had McDaniel, Rubin, and Reed. Quinton Jefferson can kind of be a three technique. He's a little bit of a lighter defensive tackle who gets hurt. I think we need another big body defensive tackle, especially someone who could get some push. Like if we could pick up Elijah Qualls out of uh, Washington with that second round pick, that'd make me really happy. There's quite a few people... That I could see in this draft, uh, Ryan Glasgow out of, uh, Michigan. This is our is free agency tackle. podcast, by the way. <laughs> hey, and another thing, Kevin. Sorry, man, it was the combine. I'm, I'm all stoked. We can save up money, maybe, and we can, we can really just make our run at having the best defensive line of all time and get Calais Campbell to play oh. defensive tackle. Live the dream, Kevin. Live the dream. There is zero problems with that and lots and lots of things that are good. How much is he going to sign for? That will never happen, by the way. No, zero percent chance. Two years, uh, 32 million. Yeah, that's that's out of our budget. Something like that. It'll be a short contract because he's old. It will be a high amount of guaranteed money because he's good. (laughs) So So if we don't do it, that intersection. And you know what? Patriots have like fifty million in cap room. I'm like a hundred percent sure he's a Patriot next year. But I, I'm I can hope that you know that would be frightening. That he really wants to spite Arizona for some reason and signs with us. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my dream. How about think, interior guys though? If we go for an interior guy, who's who's the guy that you think makes the most sense? Probably somewhere around uh, three, maybe four million. There. Uh, I don't really like very many of these interior defensive linemen. Uh, we could bring back Tony McDaniel. I think that that's uh, a good idea, actually. We could. I don't. I just think that like a lot of these guys aren't good fits. Like, will Alan, he be Alan fishing? Branch is not a good fit. Like, uh, Stacy McGee. I just don't think that he, if the Raiders really want to resign him, they have so much money. He's not leaving. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. This. It's just a the edge defenders. There's actually like more guys that are like in the middle that we could take chances on because I feel like we're in a position where we need to take chances. You know, like we need to. We need to go sign Mario Williams on a reclamation project. You know, well, that's, we have Clark, that's the Averill, leader. Bennett, and Marsh. That's the. Do we need a Do we need a Bennett, six? Guy Bennett or? plays inside. Bennett plays a Everywhere. lot of snaps outside too. Let me ask you this, Marsh. Only on pass how excited only. are you about Cassius Marsh? Because that's the name Nathan a, just said. But are you like? 
So do we need another one? Are you excited about Cassius Marsh? I think he's a solid player. He's a solid player, but is there someone... You're talking about the fourth guy in a four-man rotation. That's fine, but is there someone who could be... Like what if we, what if we get Mario theme. Williams and he, you know he tries and he actually is you know Mario Williams again. honestly I don't want Mario Williams he's thirty two years old he's not he's, old he's such a drama queen I don't want him in my locker room That's, Kevin doesn't like Italian people That's why he thing, doesn't like Mario this Williams. is the kind of difference though is that like teams the teams that stayed relevant for many many years they signed guys that other people saw as problems and brought them into their culture like look at like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a bunch of guys that probably wouldn't work on most other teams. James Harrison is a good example. Uh, that just wouldn't work. And some reason that because they're, they have a winning philosophy and a great team, New England, same thing. You don't, thing. you don't need to go that far. Just look at us. Seattle we, does that all the time. We need to do that with well, some Seattle of these guys who a are. a lot of young players. They don't do it with a lot of older players. Right. And then we, we have never brought in a veteran that has been like a, like a, personality minus like the brand like the brandon marshall or mario williams or any of these guys like those are i just don't understand i mean new england brought in randy moss and got like one of the best wide receiver seasons of all time out of him this this is the kind of thing we need to try if we're gonna stay relevant year after year for 10 15 years eventually we're talking o-line i would be all over it that's why uh you know trading with the eagles who's the guy who Sure, Jason Peters. Yeah, Jason, Jason Peters. Peters is freaking great, and they they need to they they want to clear him off the cap. So I would love to do that. And he's one of those people they talk about being disgruntled, and it's like, yeah, let's do that. I'm down, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean the rumors about Jason Peters have really died down, and it seems like, uh, you know, they're they're the going to stay there. Too the much. Eagles, the Eagles told him they don't need to give him a pay cut anymore, and like you know, it seems like the dust has settled on that one. Because I'd be totally into that too. But I don't think that we need a rotational defensive end badly enough to pay what Mario Williams would still want and demand on the market and deal with who he is. I just think that particular fit is not one that's worth it to me. Fair enough. So... The Seattle Seahawks, there's some things they could do in free agency. Oh, do you think we're going to re-sign Marcel Reese? No. <laughs> I wish we would, but I don't think we will. I don't think so either. That makes me really sad. Or do you? Why does it make you sad? Is it? Did you like him that much? I mean, well, because he's also kind of like the obvious answer to that fourth running back thing. Marcel Reese can legitimately like touch the ball 15 times a game, and it's not going to hurt you. So, you know, if you get a running back injury in the middle of the game and you're like, oh, no, now we're down to Alex Collins and Marcel Reese, guess what? That's still a backfield. I think Marcel Reese can wind up on this team. I don't know if he'll go anywhere. Watch him be signed by Cleveland after I say this. But he's the type of guy that they're going to make room for everyone else. And if there's room or a need later, Marcel Reese is that player. I think I think that's where he fits on this team, too. I don't think he's a uh, – I don't think he's like a Tukuafu. Let's – Let's let's make sure we go into the season with Tukuafu. Like was that didn't Tukuafu work. a guy we wanted to make sure we went into the season with? We cut that dude a lot of times. Yeah, but one time we went, we we made room for him early, and that's what I'm saying with Reese. Just let him let him play out. I think I think he has a place on this team possibly, but I want to see after the draft. I don't want him to be a priority. I want everything around him to be a priority. I definitely think fullbacks a versatility position on our roster. Whoever we get for fullback needs to be able to do something else. Special yeah, teams god. We don't uh, play that I formation. Fourth running back, H back who can flex out to third wide receiver and block, or third tight end and block, something. Yep. All right, so let's talk the one piece of NFL news that's relevant to the Seahawks, and that's Kirk Cousins is more likely than not to be a 49er at this point. Man, uh, in three seasons that might be relevant. No, nah, I don't know, man. They have so much cap room. You bring in a franchise quarterback, all of a sudden, all those guys who were like, I'll never sign with the 49ers because I want to win. It's now an appealing landing spot. I agree with that. Like, yeah, like it goes from, it goes from, Hey, no, to they have a coach who has five years contract. Like they are sold. The Shanahan, he, he, this is how bought in they are to Shanahan. If they fire him before the contract's up, they have to keep paying him. This is unheard of in coaching. This has never happened with an NFL coach before. So if they fire him and he gets rehired somewhere else, he gets to double dip. He'll get paid by the 49ers for five years no matter what. Other coaches don't have that kind of deal. And 
so they're really in on Shanahan. If they get Cousins, now all of a sudden, if I'm a guy like A.J. Bouye, and I'm like, you know what? San Francisco's not only offering me the most money, but they might actually be able to turn this around pretty quick. It becomes an appealing landing spot. I agree. I just think next year, even with an influx of talent, that influx of talent could get them to around 500. I, I mean, I think they could be I like think it's a, a two-year rebuild at least. Sneaky contender because Carlos Hyde's still good. They have they have decent Carlos players. Hyde's good, but he he can't stay healthy all year. Yeah, I mean, but he, I mean, he is the offense at this point. They yeah. played ten in the box against San Francisco on every piece of tape I watched. Everyone and Curley's like, a functional receiver. Like he's a, he's a solid number two if they can get another guy mm-hmm. there. And or actually, but they have Tory Smith. Well, no, Tory Smith got cut. Tory oh. Smith got cut. Yeah, he's okay. a free agent. I'll say this though: if he was like, making way too much money, you he said was. Carlos Hyde is you know he can't play a full I'm season. I'm back to Baltimore. If they go. If they go hard on, they have good defensive ends too. If they Eric go hard Armstead, on drafting a better running back, like a number two, right? but I mean, they with, they can right they can top, stretch out the running game. They three. will have receivers. They will have Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. You said this is a two year rebuild at least. I think that they could make a push for nine and seven this year if they get Cousins. If they make all those plays, right. and they, if Arizona falls apart, and, which e they are doing. And Eric and Eric makes a good point there. Like they have high draft picks too. It's not like they're just supplementing with free agents. Like they're supplementing also with guys at the top of the draft. You know, That's true. And so like what they're picking second, you said, Eric? Is that right? Mm, I believe so, yeah. Cleveland first. Cleveland San first, San second. Francisco second. I mean, if they're picking second and they don't well, they have to give up picks to get Kirk Cousins. So they're probably giving up the second pick. Probably. To get Kirk but Cousins. they're probably switching with. I mean, if they're, if they're pick swapping with Washington, that's great. That was their late rumor. I don't know if that's true. They still get a first round pick. They still get a first round pick. That's a big deal. But that, it's also like next year's first round pick. So they lose this one and they get to swap next year. Something like that. I don't know. This is just rumor. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, at this point, I, I think a San Francisco team with Kirk Cousins is frisky. Like they're a fringe contender. Not like I think a, they'll be very watchable. Not like a that's Super a Bowl ticket contender. I'd buy. Not a Super Bowl contender, but like a fringe playoff contender. Like they're going to either be just outside the playoffs or just barely in the playoffs, like right on the edge. And you know what? It'll be good for San Francisco to be back so I can crap on their fans when we beat them again. Because <laughs> feels good. Right now they don't matter. You know, even if they beat us, it's like, ha, cool, you're three and 13. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not that interesting. Well, and Kevin said, if Arizona falls apart, Arizona is falling apart. And we don't know if that's going to take the huge downturn, but everything's cyclical in the NFL. Sorry, Seahawk fans. There will be a time in 120 years when the Seahawks start to suck again. But right now, do you like that? The Rams, no, the Rams got rid of Jeff, <laughs> the Rams got rid of Jeff Fisher. That's already an improvement. Uh, that was the 30 years before. Belichick would die at some point, I guess. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm saying like this division, there will be a power change, and I don't mean necessarily at the top of the Seahawks, but Arizona's starting to fall off. The Rams fired Jeff Fisher, uh, Kirk Cousins to the 49ers. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say the Rams fired Jeff Fisher is a reason why they're going down? No, they're, they're going, going up. up. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Thank you. Sorry, you confused me greatly there for a exactly moment. I understand exactly what you meant. <laughs> things are, things are, every team looks to be taking a step forward. Except with, Arizona. Except for Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Arians, I think, I made this analogy the other day in our group chat that Larry Brown, he's the Larry Brown of NFL coaches. I feel like the first two years he's yelling and he's in your face and everything's working. And it's all good, and then you taste the losing, and then you're you're like, why is this jerk off yelling at me all the time? And he just, and all of a sudden, you just don't want to play for him anymore. He's just running everyone and over with the team. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those free agents that you think they would be able to resign, like Tony Jefferson, Clay's Campbell, they're all gone because they just don't want to play for Bruce Arians. Well, they had to franchise Chandler Jones, which is good for them, but that's a lot to put into Chandler Jones. Yep, that's, that's true, especially with no Clay's Campbell. Which we talked about, like, are they going to franchise him? And I'm still shocked they did it. I mean, it seemed it seemed logical. Like, they had to franchise one of those guys. It's a surefire he's keep, the, right? He's the, be- he's the one that's like, okay, we're getting 15 sacks out of this guy. I think the fact they couldn't work a deal out with him, though, before they franchised him says something. Yeah, I don't think people want to play for Bruce Arians. It's it's starting to look that way from an outsider. It seems like in. a lot of people have left. Yeah, and it's, it's that's rough. Well, that's, if you're going to win in this league, what do you need? I mean, you need a lot of things, but they all say you need a quarterback. I don't know if that team has a quarterback because Carson Palmer is looking worse and worse every year, and he's also getting older every year. Just because his knees are made of graham crackers doesn't mean, doesn't mean that you can. You can count him out, Eric. It's sad because Carson Palmer, he's a he's a fine fellow and a great football player, and he did waste that year in But he Oakland. got Van Olhoffen. He did get Van Olhoffen. Yeah. All right. So 
that's 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 the only piece of NFL news I feel like we had to cover. I agree. Uh, I think that that's interesting, and I I still support Kirk Cousins as a borderline top ten guy. And also, if the Bills cut Ty, I just want to get this on record. If the Bills cut Tyrod Taylor, that is the stupidest possible thing they could have done. Yeah, they should just hire Rex Ryan back because they've hit peak dumb. <laughs> that's good. That's true. I will say if to anyone listening, if you want to know what this group talks about like football-wise when we're not thinking Seahawks, we are all of us on full Tyrod Taylor watch. I, I like him. And no, honestly, it's... I want him to be on the Browns really bad. Like, I don't know why I'm so invested in this Browns team, but all of a sudden, like, I just want them to get good players because, because they have $120 Hugh... on the cap. Because Hugh would do amazing things with Tyrod oh, yeah. Taylor. Oh, Hugh Jackson and Tyrod Taylor's a match made in heaven. Yeah, they've literally spent $120 in, in player money this year. They or have, if you ended up in Washington. Like, the Browns have... Who are they paying? Nobody. They have all the cap room. Yeah. Some Terrell Pryor money. They have like a hundred. <laughs> I think they actually have a hundred million dollars in it. The rumor is Terrell Pryor's not resigning with Cleveland. Well, so, so uh, Terrell, you had a great, traded. you had a great season. No, now, watch for him to be traded. Go somewhere else. They're going to pick up Terrell the Pryor again. Yeah. You're free agent. Oh, I thought, I thought they had him on a two year. No. no, that's, we talked about. I thought it was a one and one. We were looking at our wide receivers. We were like, do we want Terrell Pryor? No, move on. Terrell Pryor. Well, I said, like, we just can't spend that. At the beginning of wide receiver thing, I was like, these are two guys we're not getting. Terrell Pryor's, I think he's just going to get paid. Yeah, he, and he deserves it, kind of. I'm not I, sure how great he is. I just, yeah, I just think he. he I think he worked with, in that system. He's a very he, interesting player. He did a lot with subpar talent, so maybe people are thinking like, "Hey, we can get even more out of him." But this could end up blowing up in their face. Absolutely, this could be like a terrible signing I think for somebody, could, I think or it could, could be a really good one. What if New Tr- England? What if Troy Pryor moves to quarterback for the Bills? Plot twist. Oh, nice, excellent. Uh, one more funny piece of NFL news. Uh, Kenny Britt apparently is in Atlantic City telling everyone he signed for the Eagles. Then his agent came out on Twitter and said, no, this is not true. That That is so <laughs> funny to me because Kenny Britt was definitely actually doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if your agent has to come out and say something. Yeah. Oh, Kenny Britt. I like Kenny Britt a lot. I'm not going to lie. He seems like such an, a lovable idiot. As long as he's not on this team. I actually, love actually, you know what? He's not a receiver. I would object to taking over the really? Jermaine Curse role. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what about, about Jermaine Curse? Oh, actually? there's Brandon Cook's trade rumors, too. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Uh, apparently, he could be had for a first-round pick, which if I had a really late first-round pick, I'd do that. You do have a really late first-round pick. Not the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need another under-six-foot speedy guy. We have he's, that market on lockdown. He's so good. He's, he's good, he's but so we, good. we have Lockett, and I think Lockett... Could be that if he can stay healthy for a year, like losing his sophomore year is just rough. Like losing that second season really sucked for us and for him. All right, so let's uh, go ahead and plug some stuff. We got a. You can support our. This is the way. The best way to support our podcast is to go on iTunes right now and give us a five star review. Uh, we're not in the rating algorithm, and I didn't realize it because I have not been pumping this up on the podcast. I know iTunes is basically a virus you voluntarily install on your computer because you have to have it to have an iPhone. I understand it sucks, but please go into iTunes and go to our podcast and just click five stars and then write like 10 words saying that we are uh, smart, beautiful, knowledgeable. Uh, I mean, honestly, you could say whatever you want. As long Venerable. As you, five stars. you could say we're terrible, and but if you put five stars, I won't care. Yeah, just uh, spell it like Charles Barkley, terrible, so yes. we know you're in on the joke. Yes. Hashtag terrible. This this podcast is terrible. Five stars. Actually, there's another thing you do if you want to be active. There's a thing going around on Twitter this month where you put in the hashtag tripod, T-R-Y-P-O-D, to get people to try out new uh, podcasts. If you have people that hit your feed that are big Seahawks fans, you know, when we share out the link... Go ahead and uh, you know share it out with a hashtag tripod and see if you can get people to give it a listen. Good call, the Kevin. Community. All right, so that's the that's the uh, the uh, the ways that we're looking for this week. Uh, if you do one of these ways and you want a Seahawks nest sticker, they're really cool and possibly illegal. Uh, you can. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I can only copyright infringe so much. Okay, so if uh, if you'd like one of those, then. Uh, go ahead and send me a, a Facebook message or a post on our Facebook wall on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash from the Hawks nest. And you can, uh, you know, you post anything, just post anything and say, give me a sticker and then I'll message you and ask you for your address. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's what we need to do. We need all of our support on all social medias of all kinds. Yeah. 
Look up the Seahawks nest, and if you're not talking about a bar, you're looking at us. And then, and then the last mm-hmm. thing is, if you just want to directly give us money, if you're like shut up with all this ratings and likes, I just want to hand you my credit card number. Well, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you can actually just go to Patreon.com/slash/SeahawksNest and sign up for a one dollar and twenty-four cent recurring payment. That twenty-four, those twenty-four cents, those are for Marshawn. If you weren't sure, so. Uh, yeah, one dollar twenty four cents. So I'll send you uh, some goodies and uh, also give you access to, you know, I make some uh, some film breakdowns uh, every once in a while. During the season, I make them more. They're during, awesome. During the um, off- this is not just blowing smoke for off- my friend. They're really great. During I will actually season. have some draft stuff going up on Patreon too. All right, cool. So we'll have draft exclusives on Patreon as well. So check that out on patriots.com slash Seahawks Nest. Now let's get to the movie club. I want to talk about a movie, a movie that I like. Um, probably it's in my five favorite movies. A movie where no one ever has to reload unless they're about to die. And that's John Woo's classic, the greatest action movie of all time. I challenge you. If you think this is not the greatest action movie of all time, I challenge you. Come at me, bros. He Hard will bo- fight you, Hardboiled. <laughs> Hardboiled, starring Chow Yun-Fat. You said greatest action movie in, Ch- in John Woo. I thought you were going to say Face Off, but then I realized that you were talking about good movies. <laughs> Yeah. My favorite thing about Face Off is Face Off, Face. Face. Off. Off. That's what Ichiro said. All right, so anyway. Yes, my favorite thing about that movie is Ichiro talking about that movie. That is the only redeeming quality of that movie. Uh, Hard-boiled, though, yeah. Hard-boiled. That movie's amazing. Uh, You've got Lil Tony, Tony Leung, playing the uh, undercover cop. You've got Chow Yun-Fat playing the uh, not-so-undercover cop. Also, (laughs) real quick. The in-your-face cop. The, which, Chow Yun-Fat. opening, wait. The opening scene to this friggin' so the, movie is the installation of a trope, and it's the best. So, so the opening sequence of the movie is Chayun Fat and his partner are in like a tea house, and there's all these guys with bird cages, and they're they're walking around in this <laughs> yes. tea house with their bird cages, and they're talking. And Chayun Fat, it, you come to figure out it's like a bust, and so they take and it's, what the crazy part is, they take all these bird cages and they start breaking them open. To get like the guns out of them and stuff, and it's just a big shootout, you know, like a huge shootout in this. And it's tea a house. mess, and it's just it's just it's insane. such a mess. There's a part where Chow Yun Fat is sliding down a banister, shooting two guns at the same time, like while leaning way back. Yes, uh, which and is it, like an iconic. It looks uh, really scene. silly, yes. but it's it's also amazing. He never reloads. No, never. you don't need to. You're Chow Yun Fat. He reloads twice in the whole movie, and he or, reloads actually, when they no, switch cameras. You see someone reloading <laughs> twice in the movie, and one time Chai and Fat almost dies, and the other time Tony Leung does die. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler. So, the spoiler alert. That's the beginning. Here's of the, the movie, thing: movie, and when, it's great. In in America, Chai and Fat is kind of known as like this crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Yeah, he's like an older guy. He's an older Asian actor that people are like, "Why is this guy in movies?" This is why he's in American movies. Because of this movie, because of the killer, Chow Yun Fat, badass. Oh, Better Off Tomorrow too. Don't forget that stuff. Yeah, yeah, Better yeah. Off Tomorrow is are both all of them are good, but the, yes. especially the first two are amazing. Uh, so yeah, Hard Boiled though, uh, it's it's just such a great movie. I mean, there's so many things in this movie that are so cool. Uh, the bad guy with the eye patch, you got to talk about him. He's completely irredeemable <laughs> except for. He will not kill innocents. Yes. He will kill That's any his cop. Code. That's he does his not code. care, but he has a code. He will not kill innocents. So there's a part in the movie where him and Chow Yun Fat are like shooting out or whatever. And then they, all these people get in between them and they're just like walking. Like, we're not, we're not going to shoot. We got, we got honor, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, he's like a samurai, you know? And yeah, he works for the bad guys, but who cares, you know? And then Tony Leung as the, uh, the undercover cop who's, uh, Who's doing all this scum, kind of scummy stuff and, uh, Chai and Fat's always in his face and then he meets him on his boathouse. <laughs> which <laughs> is just, about that. which is just funny. And then, uh, Tony Lang makes a, he makes a, uh, swan for every time he, he kills someone or whatever. So he has all these I, like paper, yes. or crane, sorry, crane. A crane, yeah. He makes uh, a paper crane. Lethal weapon steals from this so bad in so many well, ways. I mean, every action movie cribs from this movie. It's but, like, the I greatest. mean, like, I mean, they're, they're like, that's true. Basically, if you look, like early 90s, uh, late 80s, early 90s, uh, American action movies, there are so many scenes where if you watch Hard Boiled, you go, Oh, this movie took I've that scene shot before. for shot. Or this movie, uh, wait, the detective lives on a houseboat 
wait, uh, this person's partner gets killed in the first five minutes to make you understand why this person's that way? Wait, this partner's the loose cannon and this one is the level-headed one who doesn't want to be stuck with them? It's funny, though, the crane thing, like, for whatever reason, Nathan mentioning it, I'm like, yeah, that sounds silly, but when you're watching it, it's not silly. And oh, that's because great. when it came out, or, you know, when I, when I first saw it, because it wasn't right when it came out, I don't know, it's believable in this movie. It's totally awesome. It's not, like... Like you said, lethal weapon. And like, like <laughs> and like little Tony's character, he has this relationship with the with the crime boss that he is undercover with. You know, he likes. I think his name's Uncle Uncle something. Uncle uh, Uncle. Like he's in too far. Whatever. Almost. It doesn't matter. He he's a he. And then that, there's that scene where he he's like turned on him, but he didn't really turn on him. You know, he's just trying to get deeper undercover or whatever. And then. They like go to assassinate uncle and uncle's like, just shoot me. You know, like you, you should be the one to do it. And it's like so emotional. It's such an emotional scene. And then there's a huge shootout in this warehouse because Chow Yun Fat comes through the roof with two shotguns. Yes. <laughs> well, like most cops do. Like most cops do. And it's in like, it's in a chop shop, like on yep. the waterfront. And so there's just this excess number of cars that can be used in ridiculous ways oh it's uncle hoy by the way that's his name there we go oh man i just remembered the the scenes in this movie are they are so iconic and they're so well done the the big thing that i think can't be overlooked is the sound and the the way they shoot the scenes right are just what makes the movie so perfect this is just it's this beautifully is as shot. well shot as you can do it. And the music, they know when to make it a little louder. They know when to quiet it down and let the action speak. It's just everything's choreographed so well. And there's a there's a like a like a two minute long take in the towards the end of the movie with in the hospital that mm. like just it just beats so hard. It, they, it goes up an elevator and then they come out of the elevator and there's just it's such a long take and it's so good. On box what? 20 years later was the first movie to really beat it to really challenge it at all yeah the protector the one in the protector is like yeah. almost as good uh this one's still good i mean you just listen to to critics right talk about this movie and i mean it's like uh like claire let me read this quote from the boston herald arguably Wu's masterpiece is an action film to end all action films an experience so deliriously cinematic it makes true mo- romance a film that clearly aspires to it look like a cheap copy like, that's 100% accurate. I mean, it's just like that. Yeah. And it's true. This movie is just like, if you love action movies, this is the perfect action movie. I just, there's nothing If you can wrong with deal it. with subtitles. Yeah, you, I guess you have to read. Sorry. <laughs> well, but I mean. For those of you that are literate and enjoy action movies, this is amazing. I guess I knew this before, but I, you kind of articulated it, Kevin. The movie is so beautifully shot that all the movies that rip it off and all the 80s action movies, 90s action movies, they're just action movies. Like, that's, I think, going back to one of our favorites, John Wick and John Wick 2, Chapter 2, rather. Both of those are beautifully shot, and it sets that apart as an awesome movie. I mean, I haven't even named, like, some of my favorite things about this movie. The main character's named Tequila. Yep. He, plays, <laughs> he plays clarinet in, dra- in jazz bars. He has, like, yes. a weird... And the jazz bar seeds are so weird, but it's, like... It's perfect. It makes you... It works. It's, like, oh, this makes a character, in a way. He has a weird, like, uh, informant guy who is just great. Yes! Uh, he... There's a... Uh, there's a scene where, I mean, there's an end scene at the end where John, or, uh, where Chow Yun Fat's carrying around a baby while, whilst, yeah. whilst murdering people. <laughs> the baby and scene is like, he puts the, that made me grimace the first time I saw it. He puts the cotton in the baby's ear so it doesn't get its ears hurt. It's pretty, pretty it's, amazing. I don't know how well that worked. Oh man. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> and there's some things that are so ridiculous, but it's so excusably ridiculous. Oh, like, like the, the secret vault in the, in the morgue of a hospital. How about the chain of people attempting to evacuate people like when they're when they're taking the babies out, and it's like a oh, barrel of monkeys of people off of the second floor balcony. Just, I know all these people are dying <laughs> trying to save these babies, but the babies keep somehow mystically like barely surviving because they didn't want to get a hard R for baby murder or something. Yeah, <laughs> so weird. Well, it's, when the first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna get bad," and as now I'm like, "Well, yeah, you can't." No movies have that that want to be seen by people. So it's so good though. He he straddles the line. He gets it exciting. He makes you think bad things are going to happen, and well, they do to everyone else. I, uh, Nate, uh, the, the whole like 
Uh, so there's the there's the totally absolutely badass killer eye patch guy, but then the the baddest guy, like the, the boss, the, boss, the yeah. most villainous of villains. Oh, you're that ta- man has no morality. Oh yeah, and they prove that when he's like, yeah, I know we're in the bottom of this hospital, but we're gonna kill all the babies and all the sick people. Because yeah. we can. He just like open fire. <laughs> he just like open fires into a crowd of people right in front of Eye Patch, and Eye Patch is like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. He's like, "Why? Why would you do this?" And then you think it's gonna be this. Well, I want to give that twist. Okay. Anyway, uh, it. God, it's so good. Um, you just have to watch this movie. This is an incredibly. Is it on Netflix film. or Prime? Do we know? Is it on YouTube? This could be on YouTube. I don't think so. I I like own the DVD, and I probably watched it. 25 times you know, somewhere in that neighborhood if you have not seen this and you can watch any dubbed like what you should do is uh what's the what's the donnie yen movie that's really good that's on amazon uh are we talking about flashpoint go watch flashpoint flashpoint's awesome if you like flashpoint this is better then just buy hard-boiled because you'll like it if you can watch flashpoint and enjoy it for free on your amazon account then just just buy the DVD, order it. You're already Wait, on Amazon. Or is It Man the Donnie Yen one you can watch? It Flash- Man is on there, but Flashpoint, I think, is on there, too. All right. So, yeah. Um, if Flashpoint's on there, that's a good comp. It Man's a completely different type of movie that's also really good. Uh, the sequel to this this movie is a video game. It's actually a pretty good video game. It is really good. I like Stranglehold. I think it's an awesome video game. It's really fun to just, like, rip out there as tequila and, like, shoot a million shots and do crazy stuff. Like, I love it. Uh, I... Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a solid, it's a solid flick. Uh, if you can find, you know, an old copy of Stranglehold on like, uh, you know, PS3 or Xbox 360, it's out on Windows too. It's made by it was made by Midway, which doesn't exist anymore, so it might be kind of challenging. I was going to say I do not even know this game, but this is just a ten out of ten action movie. Um, so yeah, I would uh, I highly recommend this movie, uh, and even it, here here here's another thing you could do. You could just go on YouTube and watch the long take. Just Google uh, long take hard boiled and just watch that. And then if you like that, the rest of the movie's better. Like, yeah, like that's, that, that's fair. That long take is awesome. And it's just, it's just the cherry on top of an amazing experience. And also, like we're saying, it's subtitled and you have to read it. Most of the movie, you don't have to read. It's the scenes we're describing aren't these. Oh, but it's better if you do. No, I, no, it is. I'm just saying, like, if you're like, well, I don't like subtitles. Cause you're not watching it for that. This movie has such an enjoyable sense of humor. The, the office romance is so good. Oh, man. Hard boiled is on YouTube. Can you come in here and sing this for me? Cause he's a musician. If they establish that with the clarinet. And then he had their, <laughs> the, uh, the undercover cop gives his codes in like, uh, fa, la's, mis, and do's yes. or whatever. And so he has to, tequila has to come help her sing it because he's the, he's the real singer. And he's just such a, such a jerk about it. Yep. Oh, this is the, jerk. this is the movie with, this is the one with the barbecue, right? Nah, uh, what? Are they know. having the barbecue on the, uh, in the apartment? I don't remember this at all. Mm-hmm. I don't. So. I don't want to say it because I might be confusing it with another movie. Okay, and then, but uh, here's some interesting production things. Since you know, I always like to do this. They shot the tea house sequence at the beginning of the movie before the script was complete. Uh, so they <laughs> they were great. that they were that confident. They had not even written a script yet, and they were just like, "No, this is what we're going to do." Um, he the original idea was to make a gritty, edgy thriller in the vein of Dirty Harry, but have it be a Hong Kong movie. I think they ended up going way more stylish than Dirty Harry, but you know that's what they tr- they next they leveled it. Uh, and then it took them 40 days to shoot the hospital scenes. Whoa. Uh, they were, uh, they were filming in the hospital and they also filmed in a, uh, former Coke bottling plant. So <laughs> that had to be the warehouse for the cars. That, well, uh, yeah. So it must have been an abandoned hospital. <laughs> Let's hope so. Um, having to work with all those and babies. And changed the ending years. of Hardboiled after many members of the crew felt that Tony Leung's character should survive at the end. So I unspoiled my my unspoiler because yeah, he sails away on a boat at the end of the movie. Um, yep, that's pretty much it. It's got a lot of jazz music in the in the uh, then. It's got a very it's '90s feel to it. It's actually a, a prequel to Captain Rob. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Kevin just just ruined it. And I mean, if you like this, uh, watch Better Tomorrow. Watch Better Tomorrow too. Watch The Killer. Uh, watch Hard Target. Don't watch Broken Arrow. Don't watch Face Off. I actually think hard. You've target, already seen hard target. Hard target's the, really enjoyable. It's the best uh, John Woo American movie. 
Broken Arrow is fine. It's just not good. Mm. Like, you have to go into the movie ready to laugh at the movie, and then it's fine. Wait, is Howie Long in that movie? I I, so. How do you guys feel about so. Paycheck? Uh, I'm, I don't like the way it's shot. I'm team, like, Paycheck's not that bad. I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's like a six. Uh, anyway, he hasn't made anything recently that I've been really into. He's been making, uh, like, historical movies, kind of. So, whatever. At least he didn't make The Great Wall. The good job, John Yu, way to dodge that, John Wu, way to dodge that bullet. <laughs> yeah, the fact is, dude made hard-boiled. He's got his. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have to really do anything he, else. He topped out there. He topped out early, and he's, he's still good. I kind of want to find out what this mad dog actor's been up to lately. Well, Nate, you can help me on this. Uh, the hard-boiled was like, the fourth movie in a set of movies he was doing where he was kind of perfecting that style, right? Yeah, it goes it goes uh, A Better Tomorrow, Better Tomorrow 2, The Killer. And I think the next one was... Uh, I don't know, he made three movies in between them, but I think Bullet in the Head is the is the Hong Kong one. Bullet that, in or, the Head. And then Once a... Or maybe Once a Thief, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, where he's really kind of ramping the style, and then this is just like his sonata. No, this is like his piece de resistance. Yeah, I mean, it's the last, it's the last, like, re- he made a bunch of English language movies after this for a while. So, like, well, he was really, he went popular. and made some money, is what he did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Hollywood came calling and he's like, yes, I'll make Face Off I mean, with he Nicolas made a, Cage and John Travolta. He made a TV action movie with John, with uh, Dolph Lundgren called Blackjack. So, you know, he was just trying to get paid. I'll watch that. I love Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> All right. So, for uh, Kevin Garber and Eric Ronenbeck, I'm Nathan Santo. Go watch Hard Boiled. Any last words, gentlemen? Good pick as always, Nathan. Yeah, well done. Go hard.